0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, what up, TCK Podders? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. Another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. This is episode... Three ninety-four of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. We are closing in on 400 coming up in just a couple of weeks. Today I am rolling solo. I'm going to be breaking down a player spotlight, and today's player for me is Matthew Stafford, new quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, of course, traded earlier this offseason over from the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff and a handful of picks go to Detroit. Matthew Stafford comes over to Los Angeles to help the Rams get over the hump. In the NL, or the NL, NFC West. I also got baseball in the brain. Bobby broke down Miles Sanders on Tuesday for another player spotlight. If you would like to hear any particular player via fantasy or just NFL fandom, feel free to drop it here in the comments in the YouTube section or reach out to us on social media, on Twitter. You can find me at SkyGwasco, my name, or Bobby Lamarco. You can find him as well, direct. And we will break those players down for you. We're going to be doing one player or one situation, backfield, wide receiving, core, coaching change, whatever we find most relevant for each team uh, throughout the rest of the summer. So we will be doing one spotlight per team at least. But if you have one particular player or situation, and by that time, if we've gone through that particular team, like Bobby did Miles Sanders and the Eagles on Tuesday. I'm doing the Rams today. If the Eagles or Rams come up later on this summer and you guys want us to redo something we didn't cover, we're happy to do that. We just need to know what you need. So make sure to subscribe right here on YouTube, or if you're listening to the podcast, make sure to leave a rate and review as is, but also you can leave that comment in your rating as well, and uh, we will get to those also, you can find me on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore pod and of course on Twitter at my name is Sky Guasco S K Y G U A S C O. Before we get into the solo episode here, I'm going to be basically talking for about 30 minutes straight, um, breaking down Matthew Stafford and his new fantasy home. Los Angeles. I'm really high on him this year. I did a lot of research on what it means for him to go to Los Angeles from Detroit. He's got a number of upgrades. He is upgrading the team and his weapons. He's also got a number of upgrades coming at him, coaching staff, weapons around him, offensive line, defense, things like that. So we'll be breaking all that down before we do. I want to jump in here and make sure we get our uh, shouts out to our friends before we get too far into the show. And then I'm just going to get crushing so right off the bat let's make sure to give a shout out to the jersey jungle rep them every single show y'all know how we do it go to the jersey jungle on instagram the jersey jungle custom authentic game worn jerseys you can find the julio jones jersey right behind me i've got many many more as well these are excellent stitch and twill jerseys you can find them they're 65 dollars at cost for jersey jungle but if you use the tck promo code and tell them that I sent you, you get 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. And jersey on NFL.com is about $120. The same jersey through Jersey Jungle is $65. It's not a knockoff. They're legit. I would not sell you a product that I didn't think was legit myself. I have gotten about six jerseys from them so far since the sponsorship. My Justin Herbert, I have a Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones behind me, and a handful others in the mail already. So go to the Jersey Jungle, get yourself a new jersey here. Any sport, I have football primarily behind me, but we also have baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer. They have uh, college jerseys. You can have incoming rookie jerseys. You can do custom jerseys as well, and any alternate sports as well. Home away, you also have custom too. So hit them up, throwback jerseys, shouts out to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle, tell them TZK sent you for 10 to 15%. Then, of course, I want to give a shout out to Bomb Banana Hot Sauce, the newest thing in hot sauce world, banana based, not banana flavored. I've been repping these guys for the last couple of weeks as well. Absolutely delicious hot sauce. I know you think banana and you might be a little bit uh, turned away. I was totally shocked when I had this. I put it on nachos, I put it on pizza, I put it on uh, my eggs in the morning. You can put it on anything you want. A buddy of mine uses it. He puts it in his fruit smoothie to spice it up as well. It's absolutely delicious. It's nice and creamy from the bananas, but again, not banana flavored, banana based. It's a natural sugar. So it doesn't have a bunch of added sugar in there that a lot of uh, hot sauces have. So get uh, to seekthespice.com. Check out the order there. Use the promo code TCK and get 10% off of your first order there. Bomb banana hot sauce, banana based. Not banana flavored. Once again, seekthespice.com. All right, let's get into the player profile here for Matthew Stafford. Once again, you can find me on Twitter, Skyguasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. I'm going to make sure I am um, sparked up on all the other platforms here before we get into it. And once again, I am rolling solo today. So if there's any hiccups or uh, I'm repeating myself, I do apologize. Solo episodes are, are much different than um, running the duo episodes that Bobby and I are used to. So appreciate you bearing with me. And for the next Tuesday and Thursday, over the next few months, Bobby and I are going to be breaking down player spotlights. He did Miles Sanders on Tuesday. I got Matthew Stafford for you today. I'm actually bringing in Tuesday as well. I'm going to be doing the Cardinals backfield. So Chase Edmonds and James Conner, I'll be breaking that down for you as well. And then Bobby's got one for you Wednesday, and then we'll have our duo episodes per usual coming up on um, on Wednesdays. Excuse me. Bobby's uh, spotlight will be on Thursday there. Okay, let's get into this year. Matthew Stafford. So I've been a fan of Matt Stafford for a long time, one of the toughest quarterbacks in the NFL. He's been in a bad situation basically since he came into league as the number one overall pick in 2009, drafted, of course. By the Detroit Lions, he's played 12 seasons as a Lion before getting traded to the Rams for Jared Goff and some picks. I'm going to be breaking down some of his history in general as a quarterback thus far, and then we're going to get into what it could mean here for 2021 for his fantasy stake and the players around him fantasy stake as well. I am buying the Rams. You all know I'm a big 49ers fan. So it crushes my heart to have uh, who I think is a pro bowl caliber quarterback. Another one in our division. We already have Russell Wilson. We already have Kyler Murray. Now we got Matthew Stafford as well. So upgrade for the Rams. Absolutely here. And I am all in on Matthew Stafford. He is one of my favorite late round QBs because people still don't respect him and draft him early. So if you're waiting on quarterback, then he is definitely somebody you can find in the later rounds in single quarterback leagues for sure. And if you can get him as your second or even third quarterback in super flex leagues, I think this is an absolute steal. He has top 10 potential for me this year, definitely top 12 potential. And if everything breaks right, he could have a career year with the Rams this year and he could be top eight, top six even. Now he doesn't run the ball. We know that. So he's not going to be as high as those rushers most likely. But he's generally durable, and if he can last you know, 15, 16 of the 17 games at least, I think he can give you a top 10 performance potentially in single quarterback league. So let's get into Matthew Stafford. All right, so nine of the 12 seasons that he has played, 16 games. Again, he's played 12 seasons with the Lions before coming to the Rams. In nine of those 12 seasons that he's played, 16 games, Stafford has thrown for at least – 4,000 yards and he's thrown for at least 20 touchdowns okay nine of the 12 seasons he's played the 16 games the full season he's thrown at least 4,000 yards and thrown at least 20 touchdowns now in a six point per pass touchdown league 4,000 yards is 160 fantasy points at 25 yards per point and 120 fantasy points for 20 touchdowns at six points per touchdown. So you put those together, that's 280 fantasy points on average, right? Again, that's just that 4,000-yard mark that he's hit nine out of 12 years. He's played all 16 games. And then uh, the 20-touchdown mark as well, 280 fantasy points on average. That's the QB 13 from last year tied with Derek Carr. So again, not quite a QB1, but that is like his absolute floor. QB13 is his absolute floor if he gives you 16 games. and Now we're going to up that to 17 this year, right? If he can stay sturdy. I'm confident he can, and I'll go through the offensive line of the Rams here in a little bit, but if he can stay steady for 16 games, he's proven nine times in his career. He's got at least 4,000 yards, 160 fantasy points, at least 20 touchdowns, 120 fantasy points, has 280 fantasy points for QB 13 or Derek Carr from last year. Again, those are benchmarks I think he will far exceed 4,000 yards. I think he will far exceed 20-plus touchdowns as well, not to mention any rushing that he gives you. He's good for maybe 200 rush yards on the year, and he could sneak in a touchdown or two as well. So those, of course, will increase his numbers as well. Matthew Stafford, although playing for one of the worst franchises over the last 10 years, 12 years that he's been in the league, he has been very clutch when it has been his time, and he has an opportunity to get a game-winning drive. He has the most game-winning drives since 2010. Now, he came into the league in 2009 as a rookie, but since 2010, he has the most game-winning drives in the NFL since 2010. He's 11th all-time behind Peyton Manning, or excuse me, Eli Manning, and only 18 game-winning drives behind Peyton Manning for the most game-winning drives of all time. So you can think of game-winning drives as two different stats because Tom Brady's way up there as well. So is Drew Brees, so is Peyton Manning, all world quarterbacks. But you can think of either their game-winning drives, meaning their teams are behind and they're they're bad, which is the case with Matthew Stafford and the Lions. But what's most impressive with Matthew Stafford versus those other guys I just mentioned, his teams are bad. They have been bad. The defense is bad. He's constantly playing from behind. All right, Matt. Matt Ryan is on that list as well because the Falcons are constantly trailing even though they have a juggernaut offense almost every single season, their defense isn't there. So Matthew Stafford has the most game-winning drives since 2010. He has 11th all time behind Eli Manning and only 18 behind Peyton Manning, who has the most all time. So if he gets 19 more game-winning drives over his career, which should be at least a good five years, he could have the most game-winning drives. With the Rams, he should not be trailing as often, which is great. Now I know quote-unquote garbage time is better for fantasy football, But at the same point, the more they're scoring, the better the offense is moving, which we've seen the Rams do, even with Jared Goff the last couple of seasons. I think uh, Matthew Stafford is going to have a prime opportunity to increase all levels, right? So he's going to increase the sea, all boats shall rise. 51% of Stafford's wins as a lion required a game-winning drive. So again, The Lions are bad, okay, playing for behind constantly. I don't think that's going to be the case for the Rams. I bring this up because he's clutch. He's able to make that drive in a two-minute drive. At the end of a game, he's able to make that happen. He's played great defenses in that NFC West over the last handful of seasons. The 49ers have been dominant for most of the last decade. The Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, of course, have been dominant for most of the last decade. Cardinals kind of up and down, but you know how it is in that division Um, so we'll see what can happen moving forward. On the other side, the bears have been dominant. That's who he's been going up against outside of last year. The Vikings have been very good on defense as well. And the Packers have generally been a contender on defense also. So he's playing good defenses and he's able to get these last minute, uh, game winning touchdowns, which is very, very fruitful for him and your fantasy team. Stafford threw an 11 yard touchdown to Hawkinson with two seconds left as time expired to win 23-22. That was the last game-winning drive that he had. That was last season, most notably in Week 7, last year against Atlanta in Atlanta with a 75-yard drive to go with 104 left and no timeouts. Stitched it all over the field. It's a beautiful drive. You could look it up on YouTube very quickly. Just Matt Stafford, game-winning drive versus the Falcons. Excellent drive. Pinpoint accuracy all over the place. Found Hawkinson a number of times. Found Marvin Jones and found Kenny Galladay down the sideline, pinpoint accuracy, and from the 11-yard line threw a strike to T.J. Hawkinson after he evaded a sack, scores that game-winning touchdown with no time left. So again, very, very clutch, even for bad teams over the last decade. He is currently my QB 11, Matthew Stafford is. He is the ECR expert consensus ranking, quarterback 11. He has an ADP, though, of QB 13. So the public, I think, is fading Matt Stafford more than I am. And he's getting drafted in single quarterback leagues at about round, like the end of round eight, about round nine. So again, in your home leagues, if quarterbacks fall in single quarterback leagues, you might be able to get him in, in round nine or round 10. In my opinion, that's a total steal. Him, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Um, I don't think Joe Burrow will fall, but he could because of the injury. Some of these quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill, I think are going to be great QB one potential that you can get later in your in your draft, so keep an eye there on the late round QB strategy. Okay, a couple more stats here on Matt Stafford in previous seasons. Then we'll move in to what it could mean for this year. This is a little bit of comparing Matt Stafford and Jared Goff. Jared Goff, obviously the the previous Rams quarterback, the last handful of seasons, Jared, or, and uh, Matt Stafford over with the Lions. So let's take a look at them in comparison here and see what we can do if we put Matt Stafford's efficiencies replacing. Jared Goff with those same weapons, same coaching tree. And as Bobby always says, an established offense, an established coaching tree, an established team around him. Jared Goff moves out of Los Angeles. Matt Stafford inherits that team, that squad, that scheme, and that coaching staff love every bit of it. In 2019, Matt Stafford ranked, oh, I'm, excuse me, since 2019. I'm speaking too fast because it's just me. I apologize. Since 2019, Okay, so 2019, 2020, the last two seasons since 2019, Matt Stafford ranks second in pass play percentage over 20 yards. Those are what are called "quote unquote" big plays. Okay, passes over 20 yards, 17 percent completion percentage on passes over 20 yards. He has an A dot average depth of target of almost 11 yards, 10.7 yards. So that's basically a first down, essentially right? On pass play percentage over 20 yards. Jared Goff in that same time frame ranks 31st with 9% completion percentage and 52nd out of 60 qualifying quarterbacks in ADOT at just seven and a half yards. I know this is a lot of numbers. I'm going to try to go through this slowly and repeat some of these things. Since 2019, Matthew Stafford ranks second in pass play percentage of 20 yards or more at 17% completion percentage and a half and a first down basically in average after the target. He ranks second. Matt Stafford ranks 31st with 9% completion percentage and 52nd out of 60 qualifying quarterbacks in ADOT at 7.5 yards. The only knock you can really have on Cooper Cup and Robert Woods over the last three seasons is that they are not getting big plays down the field. Now, Both of them are incredible at yak yards after catch. Both of those guys are absolutely phenomenal when they get the ball in their hands, they can make plays happen. All right. But they usually don't catch big plays like a Mike Evans, right? Mike Evans gets a lot of his work 15, 17, 18 yards down the field. Tyreek Hill, you know, some of these bigger plays, Julio Jones, they get big chunks of yardage. These guys are catching the ball at an average depth of target of seven and a half yards. Okay. Then they have to make a play happen. We know Matt Stafford's history with Calvin Johnson, obviously back in the day, Kenny Galladay, even Marvin Jones and some other wide receivers where he is not afraid to chuck it at over a first down at almost 11 yards, average depth of target on 20 yard pass plays. So he's able to chuck it. That opens up the field. Stafford is second. Jared Goff was 31st huge discrepancy, obviously since 2019 in 2020, Stafford finishes the QB 15 overall and he was QB 20 in fantasy points per game. That is with QBs who had at least six games played. So I took out Dak Prescott, who only played four and a half games. I took out Marcus Mariota, who had a very nice game for the Raiders, but only one game. So I took out Dak and I took out Marcus Mariota. Stafford finished QB 15 last year without Kenny Galladay, essentially, and QB 20 in fantasy points per game. In 2019, He finished QB 29 overall, but let's not forget, he only played half a season. He played eight games in 2019, okay? but he was QB 4 in fantasy points per game behind only Lamar Jackson, who finished first, Dak Prescott, who finished second, and Deshaun Watson, who finished fifth overall, and he was the QB 2 in fantasy points per game behind only Dak Prescott at the time of Matt Stafford's injury in week nine, so once again, 2020, he finished QB 15 without Kenny Galladay, essentially in 2019 Stafford finished as QB 29 overall, but he only played half a season that overall ranking. Obviously we throw that out the window. If he didn't play a full season, he was QB four in fantasy points per game behind only Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson, who all finished top five. And at the time of his injury, only Dak Prescott had more fantasy points per game than Matthew Stafford in week nine. So he was getting it done two years ago with the Lions. I don't think anybody would would argue that the Rams offense overall and the weapons, the coaching, and the scheme is not better than what the Lions had two years ago. At the time of his injury in 2019, Stafford was fourth in passing yards, second in passing touchdowns, first in big-time throw rate. So again, 20-yard downfield accuracy, which I just mentioned earlier. First in touchdowns from a clean pocket, and first in a dot over 11 yards. So his overall average depth of target was 11 and a half yards. Once again, at the time of his injury in Week Nine in 2019, Matt Stafford was fourth in passing yards in the NFL, second in passing touchdowns, first in big time throw rate, first in touchdowns from a clean pocket, and first in a dot at 11 and a half yards per target. Absolutely phenomenal numbers. When you talk about all the big arm quarterbacks and everybody gets Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, you think of these massive arm quarterbacks, we generally don't involve Matt Stafford into that group because he just doesn't have the pedigree. He doesn't have the team, doesn't have the wins, he doesn't have the playoff experience, he doesn't have the flair. He plays in Detroit historically. That's all going to change. I really believe that's going to change with him now in the Los Angeles mindset uh, and and public eye, but also playing for a playoff contender and potentially a division winner who could make a run uh, in the uh, NFC and were in the Super Bowl just a few years ago. Now, that's all previous. That's 2020, 2019, and the rest of his career. Now I'm going to spend a few minutes breaking down what his upgrades are he gives upgrades to the Rams and what the Rams give Matthew Stafford as an upgrade. So I take one stat here from 2019. What I just said, he was fourth in passing yards, second in touchdowns, first in big time throw rate, first in touchdowns from the clean pocket, first in A dot. That right there sells me on Matthew Stafford for 2021, period. That right there sells me because he's got better weapons. He's got better coaching. He has a better play caller and he has a better overall team right? He has a better defense, which I'm going to get into in a second, which will get him the ball back more frequently than the lions did more opportunity overall to score a better run game to move the chains, a better offensive line as well. So just that stat right there, I can maybe end the podcast and hopefully convince you that Matthew Stafford is being undervalued right now at QB 13. But let me dive a little bit deeper here and see if I can further convince you. We'll start with the division moving from the NFC North with the Lions, to the NFC West, now with the Rams. I broke down the opponent pass rush rankings for each team. So what that means is basically the efficiency of the pass rush for each of these teams. Okay, let's, let's go back to the NFC North, where it was coming from. Last season, the Bears ranked fourth in pass rush. Very good. The Packers 15th, his Lions 20th. Minnesota Vikings, dead last, we all know that their offensive line got beat up, their linebackers were terrible, their defense was just in shambles last year, the Vikings. Overall and average in his division, who he played, of course, eight or six total games, 17th overall pass rush on average with the Bears at number four. Now he goes to the NFC West. Who's the best defense from last year in the NFC West? the Rams. The Niners were beat up, the Seahawks had a down year, and the Cardinals had a a down year as well and didn't have J.J. Watt yet and weren't sure where they were going to be. So the Rams have the best pass rush in the NFC West from last season. Great news for Stafford, he doesn't have to play the Rams. They were number three right ahead of the Chicago Bears at number three. The Cardinals, 21st, Seattle Seahawks, 26th, and the San Francisco 49ers last year, 29th. Now, we know that the 49ers are going to have a boost. They got rid of DeForest Buckner last year and had to fill the void. They have another year, a second year here, Javon Kinlaw. They have Joey Bosa coming back, uh, Nick Bosa, excuse me, coming back, and they will be able to upgrade that defense for sure. The Cardinals now have J.J. Watt, which will help a little bit. The Seahawks are getting healthy as well. So these defenses, the 21st, twenty second, 26th, and 29th, I don't see – happening again but they're also not going to be top 10 defenses i don't think maybe the 49ers but matthew stafford is on the team with the best defense in the league or in his division right so that's good for him so he gets an upgrade in the defensive pass rush that he's going up against six times a year so instead of the bears at four the packers at 15 the vikings at 32 that will definitely increase this year because their whole defense was basically uh their whole draft was on defense, essentially, and they'll get, they'll get healthy there. Um, 17th on average in the NFC North. The NFC West is 25th on average from last year with the Rams, his own team, at number 3. And then he's got the Cardinals at 21, the Seahawks 26, and the 49ers at 29. I do expect each of those teams to take a step up, but he's not playing the Rams, which is ideal. So an upgrade there on his new division with opponent pass rushing. Let's go to the offensive line ranks these are also an upgrade. According to Pro Football Focus, the Detroit Lions last year had the 13th 13th best win rate for the pass blocking offensive line. I'll break that down a little bit further in just a second. Detroit Lions were 13th last year. The Los Angeles Rams, who I think a lot of people considered kind of a down year for their offensive line, were 3rd according to Pro Football Focus, who is analytically driven, okay? Some people don't like their takes because they don't meet the media take, they don't meet the analyst take, but they're just strictly numbers for pro football focus. Last year, the Lions were 13th, the Rams were third. So again, this is this is pass protection. So Goff is going from the 13th best pass protecting offensive line from last year. Who, yes, they now have Pene Sewell, which will be great for the Lions. And I, I'm really rooting for him. Shouts out to my ducks. Going to the Rams, who were third last year. Now, Pass blocking win rate is essentially broken down with 2.5 seconds holding a pass block. So two and a half, at least two and a half seconds holding a pass block is considered a win. So if the defender, let's just, let's just use Joey or, uh, let's use JJ Watt, JJ Watt rushing the rushing Matthew Stafford and Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle for the Rams hold JJ Watt off of him for two and a half seconds. That's a win. Okay. So the win rate for the pass blocking is two and a half plus seconds holding the pass block. The Rams in the NFL were seventh last year holding their pass blocking. The Lions were just 20th. Okay, so Stafford was under a lot of pressure last year, having to scramble. He's not known for a running quarterback, but he had to scramble a lot, not able to hit through a clean pocket because he was getting rushed 20th most in the NFL. I just mentioned, That in 2019, he was first in touchdowns from a clean pocket. Now, everybody can throw from a clean pocket. I get it. But what I'm saying is the Rams are going to give him much more of an opportunity, hypothetically, than the Lions did last year with the 7th best pass-blocking win rate in the league compared to the Lions' 20th best passing win rate. So an upgrade in offensive line from the Lions to the Rams as well. Let's go to team scoring. Overall, another upgrade going from the Lions to the Rams. This should be no surprise to anybody. I took the last three seasons, and I took an average of the last three seasons. The Lions scoring in 2020 were 20th. 2019 were 18th. 2018 were 25th for an average of 21st in the NFL in scoring. That's just team scoring. 21st in the NFL over the last three years. The Rams over the last three years. 2020, 22nd, 2019, 10th, 2018, when they went to the Super Bowl, they went uh, second overall. So they have an uh, 11th scoring, uh, 11th average uh, team scoring. So again, 10 spots higher than the Lions over the last three years, highlighted obviously by 2018 when they had the Super Bowl run. I'm going to get into that a little bit because a lot of you are probably thinking, well, they had Todd Gurley at his peak and he was smashing. Obviously, they're scoring a lot more points. That's true. But I don't think Cam Akers is going to be Todd Gurley, but Cam Akers could absolutely be efficient and effective making that run game more efficient efficient than it was last year. I don't see uh, Matthew Stafford turning the ball over as much. I do expect the Lions um, or the Rams, I should say, to get the ball back from their defense. Uh, more often to give Jared Goff more opportunity to score as well. So again, team scoring over the last three seasons, the Lions 21st in the NFL and the Rams 11th upgrade for Matthew Stafford. Let's go to team pass attempts. This one was really interesting because I think, especially with the Todd Gurley days, right? Which are obviously well behind him, but the Super Bowl run. And then even the following season in 2019 and then last year with Cam Akers, um, Darrell Henderson, even Malcolm Brown, I think there's this idea that the Rams are just a run, run, run team, you know, jet sweeps with, uh, with, uh, Robert Woods, that they're a run first team, um, much like the Shanahan offense, which Sean McVay runs. That's true, but they're actually more past past balance, pass heavy than I think gets noticed. So, what I did again, I broke down the last three seasons for team pass attempts per game. So, this is raw numbers team pass attempts per game. I didn't take completions, um, interceptions, uh, incompletions. These are just how many times the team dropped back and threw the ball over the last three seasons. The numbers are literally almost identical. The Lions, 36 and a half, 35 and a half, 36 over the last three years, the Rams, 35 and a half, 40 and 35 and a half over the last three years. The averages come out to the Rams actually getting one more pass attempt per game than the Lions over the last three seasons, 37 pass attempts on average for the Rams, 36 on average for the Lions. Before I did this research, I was, I I wouldn't have said that. I would have said that it it seems like Matthew Stafford with the Lions drop back to pass almost every single down and Jared Goff would hand the ball off, hand the ball off, play action on third down and throw the ball, right? That's how I kind of visioned these teams. Not the case. Over the last three seasons, the Rams have one more pass attempt on average than the Detroit Lions. Not a huge discrepancy. I didn't do it for the discrepancy. I did it just to see like where each team sat because I was kind of curious if Matt Stafford was coming into a run-first offense Then you know maybe we're not as excited about it because he's handing off on first down, handing off on second down, play action pass on third down. If it's incomplete, you punt. If it's a first down, maybe you run again on first, you run again on second, and then you're running in the red zone. That could definitely happen. Cam Akers is a beast, and I know that Sean McVay wants to have ball control. But I think a bigger concern when I started looking in this research is that Sean McVay can go back to 2018 when they were the second best offense in the NFL when he has a balanced rushing attack, which he should have, and. For his credit, Jared Goff played out of his mind that season. Then he fell off the last two years after that Super Bowl hangover when Brady got the best of him. If Matthew Stafford can take his talents and his pedigree to the Rams and Sean McVay and he get on the same page this year and next year and the year after that, I think Sam, uh, excuse me, Matt Stafford could be one of the top, you know, definitely a top 5 quarterback that we don't think is a rusher. Right. I'm talking about Tom Brady. I'm talking about Ryan Tannehill, uh Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. Right? Those kind of guys that don't run the ball is that next tier in fantasy. Obviously, the rushers always, you know, kind of get the edge. But that second grip of guys, I think Matt Stafford could be in that top range up there with with potentially Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I really believe that. He hasn't been because of the Lions, but with these weapons in los angeles the run game and the coaching scheme i really think he has a great opportunity to do so okay before we move on here uh let's see clock management tuning in appreciate you brother thank you for for giving a shout out here i'll pull you up on the screen big up thank you for tuning in I want to give a shout out to uh, the entire fantasy community, man. A lot of support. Um, People appreciating what we're doing. Of course, we appreciate what other guys are doing. And we're doing our best to support and uh, bringing people on uh, to the podcast. We'll have a lot of guests coming up this summer. So, management. appreciate you, brother. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you for uh, making yourself known. I appreciate your work. Okay. So, Passing Attempts. Again, one more for the Rams over the Lions over the last three seasons. That was surprising to me. I'm not as nervous anymore about him going to a rush first offense. Now That being said, they ran the shit out of the ball with Todd Gurley, which I'm going to break down here in a second. And they still had the number two scoring offense. And and, uh, Jared Goff had his career season in 2018 with Todd Gurley being the best running back in the NFL. I don't think Cam Akers is going to be that guy this year. I like Cam Akers, but he's not going to be that guy this year. But if Cam Akers is a top 10 fantasy running back, which he could if he catches some balls and they score the way I think they're going to, Matt Stafford could still be a top 10 quarterback. That's not to mention Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, right? And Tyler Higbee. I think the Rams for fantasy. The Rams could be where they've been at, which is basically everybody's a positional two. Todd Gurley was number one, but Jared Goff was like a low-end QB2. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are kind of that high-end wide receiver two. I think Cam Akers can be uh, an RB1 or a uh, high-end RB2. Matt Stafford should be a QB1 or a high-end QB2. Tyler Higby, unless he gets hurt, should be a uh, a tight end one. And then Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, we know what they are. They're high-end wide receiver twos with the potential to be a wide receiver one. So I like them a lot. They also have Deshaun Jackson, right? They're bringing a lot of other weapons. They have uh, Van Jefferson, a second-rounder from last year. Tutu Atwell, a second-rounder from this year, right? That's better than Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Quintez Cephas, TJ Hawkinson, right? And they have a great offensive line. So another upgrade would be the weapons overall right? So the 2021 weapons this year for the Rams, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, and Tutu Atwell, back-to-back second-round picks, and Tyler Higby. 2020 weapons for the Lions last year for Matt Stafford, Kenny Galladay for just five games, Marvin Jones, who surprisingly stayed healthy and actually played quite well, Danny Amendola and Quintes Cephas, who were in and out of the slot, and TJ Hawkinson, who was an up-and-coming tight end star, but not enough to to carry an offense, right? So the upgrade again goes to Matt Stafford, coming from last year's Lions to this year's Rams. No surprise there. Okay, I got a number of uh, kind of a grip uh, a grip of numbers here. So so stay with me. These are a lot of numbers. Again, I will try to break these down. These player spotlights, and you know how Bobby and I get—we nerd out quite a bit. These player spotlights are purposely numbers heavy and numbers driven. Okay. This is just to give you the raw stats, the raw analytics. And if I put them all in a grid, I would, but it's just too much to handle for a post. So if you need any more guidance on these players or what something means, or if I, I, or Bobby say a term like a dot, um, or something like that, and you just aren't hundred percent familiar with what it means. Even I say average F the target and you still don't understand the concept of it. Please don't be shy. Okay. Um, please reach out in the comments, hit us up on social media, reach out here on YouTube, drop it in the, uh, in the review here for the podcast and let us know, don't be shy. I want to answer these questions. That's why we're here. That's why we do this. So if you don't understand a concept or you don't understand what the numbers mean or something, um, or the importance of a number, like if I'm stoked on a number and you're like, that doesn't sound that good. Or I'm bummed on a number and you're like, well, shit, that sounds okay. Reach out and we'll, we'll clarify that with you. Okay. According to PFF, pro football focus on 20 yard plus pass plays over the last two seasons, Matt Stafford. So again, since 2019, 20 yard pass plays, Matt Stafford has a 93 pro football focus passer rating. So if you're not familiar, pro football focus ranks and rates every single play for every single player throughout the season. And they give them a grade at the end of the year okay? For the last two seasons, Matt Stafford has a 93 passing grade. If you want to think of it in school terms, that's about a low A, you know, be high A minus, okay? A minus passer grade, we could say that. 1,869 passing yards, 13 touchdowns, six interceptions, 13 yards per per attempt, and 98.1 QB rating. All solid numbers. Jared Goff, in the same two years, has a 77.7 PFF grade, so basically a C, maybe a low-end C. But it's not even a C plus; it's a C. 77.6 PFF grade, 11,011 yards, four touchdowns, six interceptions, 9.3 yards per attempt, 55 QB rating. Okay, that's a lot of numbers. Let me break this down here for you. The difference, all in favor of Matthew Stafford. The PFF passing grade, 15.4 points higher for Matthew Stafford. So the difference between a C and an A minus, basically, for Matthew Stafford. Total yards over the last two seasons, 858 yards. I want to make this clear here. That would be way higher. Matthew Stafford played half a season in 2019. He played eight games. If he plays another eight games, he's easily 1,000, 1,200 yards past Jared Goff in the same amount of time. So 858 yards over the last two seasons that he played nine more touchdowns for Jared Goff, or excuse me, nine more touchdowns for Matthew Stafford. They're equal on interceptions. They both had six, but Matthew Stafford had nine more touchdowns, 13 to four yards per attempt, almost four yards more per attempt. Doesn't seem like much in four yards, but think about per attempt. Okay. If that's be 200 more attempts or 80 more attempts, you multiply that by four and all that yardage, that you're now at least having for air yards, his completions and extra yardage there. And then QB rating 43.1 points higher for Matthew Stafford, which is absolutely phenomenal. He almost outscored Jared Goff's total of 55. He has 43.1 better, according to PFF, for QB rating. I can't express that enough. Okay. Stafford's 2020 deep pass ranks on 20 plus yards. So again, what I just read to you was the last two seasons. Last year alone, without Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay played five games. He played about four and a half. All right. Last year, Matthew Stafford's deep pass ranks, 20 plus yard passes. He was sixth in the NFL at basically 12, 12.7% completion percentage on 20 plus yard passes. Awesome. Sixth in the NFL. He was ninth in yards at 93.6 yards over. The season on um, uh, per game, excuse me, on 20 plus yards, air yards per completion, 6.8, 11th for the NFL and passer rating. He was second again, massive accuracy for Matthew Stafford. If you think to yourself like, oh, well, Sean McVay doesn't throw deep. He's going to fucking throw deep. If somebody could throw deep with him. All right. Jared Goff aired it out in 2018 and they did okay. Their defense was great. Todd Gurley carried them. And C.J. Anderson had to finish out because he faded out. But you saw in the Super Bowl, they got outsmarted. Jared Goff folded. They weren't able to, to rebound the last two seasons. Matthew Stafford has been playing with subpar weapons for the most part in Detroit. Bad coaching. Basically, no run game on a consistent basis. And he's been battling terrible injuries because they have a shitty offensive line and he gets his ass kicked. All of those things upgrade, which I just read to you over the last half hour of the episode. All of those upgrade for matthew stafford this year second in passer rating last year with no deep threat kenny Galladay was out he had tj hawkinson he had marvin hall marvin jones okay those guys are good like on the competition of their own team but marvin jones as much as i love my boy marvin jones he's a number two maybe number three on most offenses tj hawkinson again good young tight end coming up but he's not all world yet right marvin hall nobody even knows Okay, Quintus Cephas, rookie last year, coming up at Danny Amendola, three years past his prime. Okay, So not a lot of options there with Kenny Galladay out, and he was still second in the NFL in passer rating at 123.8 on deep passes, 20 yards or more. Again, a single stat that makes the hairs on the back of my neck stick up for Matt Stafford. So all upgrades there. The last two seasons completely blows Jared Goff out of the water. Now he inherits Jared Goff's weapons in Los Angeles and coaching, and he did his own right, 6th in deep uh, pass percentage last year, ninth in yards, 11th in air yards per completion, and 2nd in passer rating on the Lions in a run-first offense with uh, wishy-washy coaching, to say the least, and subpar weapons with a bad offensive line second in the NFL in passer rating. A couple more things for you and we'll get out of here. Let's go to Sean McVay and what Sean McVay means in the consistency in his play calling and offensive scheme balance. Sean McVay, since he's been the head coach and play caller of the Rams last four seasons, wide receivers have almost exactly 62% of the target share under Sean McVay. So four seasons of of, uh, statistics, Nearly 62%. I mean, that's like an average, but I mean, when you look at the numbers, it's about 61 to 63% each season target share to the wide receivers. Again, excellent for Robert Woods, excellent for Cooper Cup, excellent for Deshaun Jackson, excellent for the um, second rounders, um, Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson. The running backs and the tight ends have around 10 to 15% target share. A lot of that was boosted from 2018 when they fed Todd Gurley out of the backfield. Last year, not so much. This year, I do expect them to use Cam Akers out of the backfield more often because now they know what they have. And he's, I think he can be a a dual threat running back more so than he was last year. I think that increases. But we see what I mean, I'm not saying Cam Akers is Alvin Kamara or Saquon or, um, you know, Zeke, Dalvin Cook, CMC, one of these elite pass catching running backs. But we see with like, I mean, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry can take a screen to the house right? Some of these guys that aren't pass catching running backs can still catch the ball, be out in space, pick up a first down, right? Pick up uh, another eight yards, break a tackle, break a long run. We see it all the time. And of course, if you're playing half or full PPR, you get additional points for those options there. So the running back share 10 to 15% target share, wide receivers, 62% under Sean McVay the last four seasons. The Rams ran the most plays per drive of McVay's tenure in 2020. That means they kept the ball moving. I expect Matt Stafford to keep that up and break that even again this year. Again, I th- I think of the Rams as a run-first-run-heavy team. Not the case. Over the last four seasons, 57% pass, 43% run call. That's plus 14 toward the pass. That helps Matt Stafford tremendously, obviously. And even if they have a great run uh, offense, they can run off that play action That opens up opportunities. That's going to help move the chains, open play action. We see some great play action offenses in the NFL. A couple of them in that division with the Seahawks and the Niners, right? The Titans are incredible. The Packers, the Ravens, excellent off of play action because they run the ball so well. If the Rams run the ball well, they can have a great play action uh, momentum as well. 57% pass play call for McVay, 43% run play call, plus 14 on the pass side. McVay's passing tendencies per route. This was really interesting because Matt Stafford can hit all the routes, but he likes to air it out. And I think that's going to matter so that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Deshaun Jackson get deeper ball down the field because now they're catching the ball at 10, 12, 15 yards to start with. Then they have the yard after catch ability, which they're two of the best in the NFL. And we know what Deshaun Jackson's been over his career. So I'm really excited about this. The Rams finished With 50 pass plays of 20 plus yards in 2020. They're number 14 in the NFL. Okay. The Lions finished with 58 pass plays of 20 plus yards last season, tied for seventh in the NFL. Okay. What that tells me so the Lions had the better advantage last year, but the Lions also had Matt Stafford last year. So Matt Stafford now goes to the Rams. The inaccuracy of Jared Goff deep was the hindrance, not like Robert Woods and and Cooper Cup can't run deep routes. That's not the case. They didn't call deep routes because Jared Goff was unable to make that happen like he did in 2018. Matthew Stafford was essentially seventh in the NFL last year in 20 plus yard pass plays, which I had mentioned earlier. According to Next Gen Stats, highly recommend you check out this website. Next Gen Stats goes way deep into stats. Stafford finished 15 of 46, 32.6% for 555 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions on go routes last year. A go route is the nine, yard, the nine route that they mentioned. It's literally, it's, it's the, the, the streak. Okay. It's a straight line. It's the DK Metcalf route. It's the Deshaun Jackson. It's the Tyree Hill. Okay. It's the backyard football of set hike, run deep as far as you can. And I'm going to throw it. Matt Stafford last year on that pass, the, the, the deep pass. Okay. Straight down the field. 15 of 46, 36, or 32% completion percentage, 555 yards, 5 touchdowns, no interceptions on go routes last year. He completed 88 of 131 passes, 67% for 5 touchdowns, no interceptions on play action passes last year, posting a 108.7 passer rating. Anything over 90 is pretty good as a pass rating. Anything over 100 is awesome. Anything over 103, 105 is absolutely excellent for a passer rating. Okay. Last year, 88 of 131, 67% completion percentage, five touchdowns, no interceptions on play action passes last season. 108.7 passer rating. The Rams are going to run the ball on that play action. They're going to spill out Robert Woods over the middle, Cooper Cup a little bit deeper, Jackson a little bit deeper than that. And you have the second rounders running underneath with Tyler Higbee. I'm telling you, the Rams are going to be a mess. Stafford, 23 of 43, 53%, completes your percentage for 456 yards, three touchdowns, just one interception on post routes, okay? You run 15 yards down the field, and you run toward the goal post, so you run an in route, okay? A flag is 15 yards down the field, and then you diagonally run toward the goal line and the goal post on the sideline, or excuse me, on the um, the end zone. Uh, pylon. So toward the sideline, that's a flag. If you run straight down the field and you run toward the field goal post, they call it a post route. 53% completion percentage, 456 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. So on those three routes, the go route, which is the deepest play action routes, which is the most efficient in the NFL and post routes, which is the second deepest. He had a total of, uh, let's see, 13 touchdowns and one interception, 13 touchdowns and one interception. I'm really, really fired up for Matthew Stafford. Okay. Every year, Football Outsiders. I know that Bobby likes his uh, website a lot too. Another good uh, message for you. So check out Football Outsiders. They study failed completions around the league. This one's kind of difficult to understand. I'll do my best to understand it. If you don't get this one, reach out to me. Find me on Twitter, SkyGwasco, S-K-Y-G-U-A-S-C-O. Find me on Instagram, Football underscore Pod, or leave it in a comment right here on the YouTube channel. Every year uh, football outsiders studies failed completions around the league. A failed completion is any completed pass that fails to gain 45% of the needed yards for a first down 60% of the needed yards on second down, 100% of yardage on third down. Okay. If it's first and 10 and you get a pass play, that's let's say it's a completion. They complete the pass, but it's seven yards. That is technically a failed completion, according to this stat, because it didn't get the first down. Okay, it's fine. I mean, look, you got seven of 10 yards. That's awesome. You can run the ball in a draw and pick up the three yards. You got a first down. It doesn't mean that that's a bad play. It means just in this statistic, it's a failed completion that didn't get a first down. Break this down a little bit further for you. So Matthew Stafford was seventh in the NFL on averages of all downs on his efficiency to pick up first downs. Why is that important? Because you move the chains, you have another opportunity to to make another play, you have another opportunity to score, you have another opportunity to pick up passing yards. And for all of your running backs and wide receivers on that team, you have another, hopefully three downs at least, to pick up more fantasy points. Matt Stafford in the NFL was seventh in the average of all downs as far as his efficiency and lack of failed completions. OK, he had the seventh fewest, we can say, failed completions, which is great. He turned him into first downs more often than not. Jared Goff, unfortunately, was 30th in the NFL on the average of all downs with his failed completion percentage. OK, Matt Stafford was tied with Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield at seventh. Jared Goff was tied for Andy Dalton and Philip Rivers at 30th okay i know that's a convoluted stat that's a little extra nerdy it's a little extra deep but that to me tells me that matthew stafford is reliable i just told you how clutch he was on game winning drives this is stuff that you don't think about this is middle middle second quarter early third quarter early fourth quarter a random drive you know maybe you pick up uh, pick up a first down pick up another first down pick up another first down then you punt You might not think that that's a successful drive because you didn't get any points out of it. What I think of is Matthew Stafford just ran a minimum of nine plays, picked up a minimum of 30 yards one way or another, either through the running back or through his passing. Those are fantasy points. And then, of course, the more you have the ball, the more you move the ball, the more opportunity you have to score touchdowns as well. Matthew Stafford, seventh in the NFL in efficiency on first down. Jared Goff, 30th. Last thing I'm going to do here is I'm going to compare – the potential high ceiling of Sean McVay's offense we saw in 2018. Okay. This is what it could be like again this year for the Rams. And I honestly think they have a serious chance to duplicate if not exceed this overall. Let's take a look back to 2018 when Todd Gurley was the number one running back in fantasy football. Jared Goff was absolutely phenomenal. Number seven quarterback, um, In fantasy, and both uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup were um, top 14 wide receivers. Okay, here are the league ranks. I won't read off all their numbers because there's just a a million of them. But league ranks, I'll go through category and the rank overall in the NFL. The Rams in 2018 had the second most points scored in the entire NFL. They had the second most yards in the NFL, almost 7,000 yards. They were first in first downs, again, keeping the ball in the offensive hand, keeping the ball in the field. Matthew Stafford, I just told you, was very efficient and seventh in the NFL last year. And the same guy who did this in 2018 for the Rams was 30th in the NFL last year in first down efficiency plus for Matt Stafford. Okay. They were fifth in passing yards. They were fifth in yards per attempt or third in yards per attempt, eighth in rushing, third in rushing yards. Todd Gurley was absolutely phenomenal that season. They had a total of 22, uh, 2231 total offensive rushing yards that season. They were second in rushing touchdowns. They were third in yards per attempt. So I'm going to pause right here really quick. The rushing game for the Rams was phenomenal. Again, I just mentioned eighth in rushing attempts as a team. This is not only Todd Gurley. This is the entire team, primarily Todd Gurley, obviously eighth, in rushing attempts, third in rushing yards, second in rushing touchdowns, third in rush attempts. Matt Stafford gets none of that. (laughs) That's no quarterback fantasy point anywhere in there. At the same time, though, okay, they were fifth in offensive yards, eighth in uh, passing touchdowns, fifth in passing yards, excuse me, eighth in passing touchdowns, and third in yards per attempt with Jared Goff. Matthew Stafford I think is going to smash all of this. Okay? They have a million other stats I can get into. They had 37 yards on average per drive. That's again, that's three first downs minimum. That's almost four first downs minimum. Okay? Per drive. That's excellent. That's great opportunity for everybody. They scored almost a field goal every single drive. They were third in the NFL with almost three points on average per drive over the entire season. They were third on average per drive yardage with 37 yards per drive. That's excellent. Excellent, excellent play. That's a minimum of nine plays and 10 because I got to go over 30 there, right? So fantastic uh, play there. So again, what I'm bringing up is the Rams who had an incredible rushing attack. And they still had a dominant passing attack with Jared Goff. I could see the same thing happening this year where they maybe lean on the run game, which would be fine. I think Cam Akers is great. They also have two other running backs. I think they'll be fine. And they could still have a dominant passing attack with Matt Stafford and the rest of their weapons. I'm going to leave you with a bold prediction right now. My bold prediction is that Matt Stafford finishes as a top six fantasy quarterback. And before you freak out, (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm ranking him top six. I'm not. But if everything breaks right for Matt Stafford, and if Matt Stafford plays at least what Jared Goff did in 2018, with Matt Stafford just being a far better quarterback, in intangibles, accuracy, mentality, game knowledge, right? Multiple arm angles, avoiding sacks, being able to run the ball a little bit. I think that they can blow 2018 out of the water. And we knew that that offense was one of the best in the NFL. The defense was great, which it will begin this year, led them to a the Super Bowl. So my bold prediction is Matt Stafford is a top six fantasy quarterback. I just told you I rank him at number 11 for quarterbacks. Average de- uh, draft position through the public has him at QB 13. He might even fall to QB 15 if these rookies pick up and, and, and jump him with excitement. So you might be able to get Matt Stafford in the 10th or 12th round or your second or third super flex quarterback. Absolute steal. I am all over Matt Stafford unless the podcast listeners <laughs> jump in the listener league and steal him before me. But I am all about Matt Stafford as my late round QB in single leagues and uh, my second quarterback or my third if he falls to me there as well in Superflex, last thing I'll mention from Matt Stafford, he's a Dark Horse MVP candidate. If the Rams can win the NFC West and make a run in the playoffs, I definitely think he can be a, a Dark Horse MVP candidate. Rob Berger, my man checking in here. Shouts out to Rob. Thank you for the support, brother. I'm not a Matt Stafford fan, but you say to grab him, I just may look, Rob, here's the deal, and everybody else listening. I'm not saying to grab him as your only quarterback or reach for him, right? If you want to take one of these top studs that we know is tried and true, the rushing quarterback, um, you know, the guy that we have seen in the top five, the top eight year after year up in the fantasy football world, do that. I'm not saying to, to skip all those guys to to get Matt Stafford. What I'm saying is if you don't go with a quarterback early and you you log in on on running backs and wide receivers early and you're looking still for a QB1 in the ninth, 10th round of fantasy drafts for single quarterback leagues. Last year, I drafted Matt Ryan everywhere. And then I drafted Justin Herbert because I'm a duck and I'm a Herbert fan and it worked out last year. But that's an opportunity that I fell into because Matt Ryan is going to throw the ball over the yard. I just said at the very beginning of this episode, Matt Stafford has played 16 games in nine of the 12 seasons he played in Detroit. In those nine seasons, he averaged 4,000 yards passing and 20 touchdowns. He's going to be better than that with these weapons, with the coaching scheme, and with his overall passing attack and Sean McVay and this offense. Very excited about Matt Stafford. I hope you appreciated the player spotlight for Matt Stafford and the Rams. Once again, Bobby Lamarco broke down Miles Sanders and the Eagles situation in backfield on Tuesday. Double back and check out that episode 392. Yesterday, we talked about rookie draft capital. Next week, I'm going to be bringing you on Tuesday. I'm going to be bringing you the Cardinals backfield. I'm going to stick in the NFC West, and I'm going to bring you the Cardinals backfield and what it means for Chase Edmonds and James Conner and see if we can find out which one we want to draft, who's reliable, or if we want to stay away from both of them. I appreciate y'all tuning in. This has been an awesome kind of a single episode. I'll be bringing you more of these again, Tuesdays and Thursdays moving forward. We're going to have player spotlight. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel right here. Hit the bell so you don't miss any alerts and leave a comment in the YouTube uh, section here, which team or player situation you want us to spotlight and we'll get to as many as we can you can find me on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod and on twitter at sky guasco s-k-y-g-u-a-s-c-o please leave a rate and review on the podcast wherever you're listening and as always please just tell a friend or a family we're trying to get this going grassroots and we really appreciate your help Thanks for hanging out with me this evening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and weekend. We'll catch you next week on Tuesday. I'll be back with you with another solo episode of the Cardinals backfield. This has been a player spotlight of Matthew Stafford rolling solo today. I am your host, Sky Guasco. Shouts out to bomb banana hot sauce and shouts out to the Jersey jungle, big sponsors and supporters of the show. We'll catch you next week. Y'all have a great weekend. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and I am out of here.